It is a very special, as every episode is special, of Rump Chat, joined by Rump Shaker himself, Justin Rumford, and uh, a guy that uh, I, we are honestly pretty uh, kind of starstruck, actually. Um, he's a Canadian music legend, a country music legend everywhere. Uh, you're not in the Western industry and you don't know his name. Uh, he has the uh, umlauts over... <laughs> I learned what lots were last night texting with this guy. But uh, welcome to the show, uh, the masterful musician, Mr. Corblund. Thank you for being with us, brother. Yeah, of course. I'm a fan of the show. It's uh, So, uh, yeah, Jake Watson, our little bronc riding uh, buddy from uh, up there, turned you on huh, to, uh, to Rump Chat. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of people mention him, but I think he's the first guy that told me I got to listen to so. It's uh, I, you, you must have uh, a lot of time to waste if you're listening to us. <laughs> when, when he told you about Rump Chat, did he mention at Sykeston when he passed out from drinking beer in the chair and I put my butt cheeks on him? He didn't mention that. He, yeah, he, he, uh, he okay. Re- oh, I found it. Um, here he is drunk, filmed it. <laughs> Sorry, the glare. So hold on. Oh, wait, maybe I missed it. That was the, uh, oh, here we go. Here, <laughs> here we go. Okay, this is me. I'm getting her ready. And that's Jakey taking a napski. Hello, Jake. <laughs> that's, a, that's a salt. <laughs> yeah well uh hey cheers uh have a little uh pendleton uh yeah. have a little pendleton water myself so cheers to to you um up in the northland yeah. so um what if what if, i want to start off what have you been doing in in 2020 in the in the era of covid what has core blunt been keeping busy with yeah that's, that's a good question uh it's funny because if this would have happened in a, like I, my career as a cycle, I put out a record, promote it. Then I go back into hibernation and write another record every couple of years. Right. And if this would have happened, um, you know, in a writing period, it wouldn't really have hardly changed nothing. But as it turns out, we had our, our first record in, in uh, four years and we did a good job on it. We're proud of it. And we were all, we had the, you know, the, the van all spruced up and the bus rented and the new stage banner and the, the t-shirts all printed. And we had five months of shows booked and we were in uh, uh, Greeley actually. And we, we had to come home because we had, we were one week into our five month touring cycle and we had to move. <sighs> that time. So, and you know, but here's the thing though. So those two things, like it was a financial disaster, of course, and and, uh, you, and secondly, nobody wants to release a record in the middle of a worldwide plague or whatever. But yeah. but aside from those two things, if I put those on a shelf in my mind, it's been okay because I've been doing this most of my adult life, the touring, and and I love it. But I I I got the you know the rural work ethic where I I, I to where I probably wouldn't allow myself to take a year off on my own accord. So it's it's been okay because I've been spending the time actually working on my voice and taking guitar lessons and trying to sharpen the tools and writing. So it's been all right. And I've seen the family and fixed a bunch of fence and (laughs) (laughs) see that amazes me that, I mean, you've been doing this for, I'm guessing what 
20 plus years, 15 yeah. plus. Yeah. I mean, 20, almost 20, I think. Yeah. So, uh, but yet you still, you know, uh, put the time in to sharpen your tools, like you said, and, and take, you know, pick the, get better on the guitar. That's awesome. You know, I, 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 I commend that because I mean, we, everybody can put it into a lot of, whether it's me playing music, you know, or rump and his jokes, you know, it, it gave us time to, to really kind of step back and go, okay, I need to get better uh, uh, constantly, but you kind of lose when you're busy. When, when things are going, you kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it yeah. off, put it off, put it off. But then you sit back and, and now you got time and you think, man, I, I need to, I, I got to either step up or step out of the way. And I don't want to step out of the way. And and I really feel too, like when you're at home fixing fence and doing stuff rather than, than what you <laughs> want to do that. I know for a fact when, you know, I don't know if you know this core, but I'm a pretty good pool boy. Yes. Uh, COVID started with. That's a very true number, story. The number one uh, pool company in Northwest Oklahoma, uh, cruise pool and spa. But, you know, when I'm working on swim pools, I'm thinking, man, I sure wish I was rodeoing, you know, and, and the, all the, the different things I can do better uh, as a rodeo clown or entertainer. So, but I think it's cool with like with you and, and uh, like with Chancey Williams and some of those guys that musicians that I've got to follow that, are involved in the agricultural lifestyle that, you know, they don't just sit around playing the guitar. They get out and fix fence and move cows and, and can actually, you know, do cowboy stuff. And so I, I think that's pretty badass. you know, when you're talking about building fence, cause you don't, a lot of times when you see these guys touring or cruising around and kicking ass, you don't think of them like getting home and putting out, Hey, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually re-listened to the Chansey episode today just for the hell of it. And he's right about, you know, there's in the wider population, people say country and western, but they're very different, right? Because country music, I love I love Merle Haggard and all that stuff, but but western music is a different thing, right? Western music is is it's about it's about uh, you know rural life and cowboy stuff, and and not everybody understands that. And I mean, I can't say I'm. A working, I'm no, I'm nowhere near a, a working hand or anything, but that that's my heritage and that's what I grew up with and I do what I can. But I mostly play music now. But you know, like there's not that many people who. <laughs> I also heard you guys given given the, the the bull rider shit that play on their tailgates after the rodeo. Oh my yeah, god, that, I'm, that's me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's uh, my point is it's a fine line because there's a lot of musicians that would love to know about cowboy stuff and and would love to be able to be authentic that way and there's a lot of people who who uh you know are rural people who who, who cowboy who would love to be able to play music but you, ian tyson told me one time you can't do both of them well so so there's a real there's a real narrow bunch of people that cross over and do enough of both of them to be good at both of them and that's a rare thing because they both take a lot of time and a lot of effort but like chancy's one and and i don't know i'm sure you guys know ian tyson's music Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He, he's he's the real thing, and and there's a few people that that really do have that heritage and understand the lifestyle, and are also good songwriters. It, but there's not a lot of them. No, and not I, and, I, and and there's there's definitely not a lot of uh, bull riders sitting on the back of the shoot that can actually sing. Ever since we nailed this down, I've just been uh, you know I, I I can't say it very loud because she'll hear me, Alexa, play you know core i i get home play core blood music and um it's been just 
it's been a lot of fun because, you know, obviously I know a lot of it, but then there's some stuff that, that have, pops up when it plays for, you know, three hours that, you know, you, you don't, uh, normally hear. And, uh, there's been some good stuff, uh, a very common sense song, you know, don't put your head on the bed, son, and, and don't wear yellow. And, and, uh, that, uh, that's, that was a, that was a pretty cool song. I got to play that for my son. He's got to learn all that. You know, he's a, he's a little over a year. He doesn't really understand yet, but it's coming. Um, you know, and then, I, but I, I have just, there's so many people, you're one of those guys that, uh, I turn on, you know, to, to people that appreciate that music. I got a, a committee guy here in, in San Angelo and we had lunch today and I'm like, here, you got to listen to this because he's a Hoyt Axton. Remember you know, Hoyt, I'm a wild bull rider and I love my road road. Anyway. So I'm like, you gotta, you gotta listen to Corb. Corb's a storyteller. You know, yeah. you're, you're, it's not just music, it's the stories and, and a lot of them are comedic and that's, what's the best is you, you're, you're waiting for that next line and it, it brings a smile to your face. And so, um, you know, uh, then, you know, songs like Bible on the dash, you know, is one of probably honestly, I'm not saying this cause you're here. It was one of my favorite songs. I love it. I play that all the time. Um, in pre-show uh, I hope you get some royalties off. <laughs> that, yeah, so so uh, Hambone actually owes you money right now, Corb. So I play a lot. Uh, 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 wrote me a song on a five dollar bill, and um, that's great. You know, a lot of people. It's it's amazing because people music like that. It's not like you know my girl sitting in the pickup truck going down to the levee, going to drink some beer. You know, no. This is you know wrote me a song on a five dollar bill, and I mean that whole story uh, and somebody stealing the five dollar bill. I mean, it's so cool. People are like, who was that? You know, I'll be in Spanish Fork, Utah or somewhere like who was that? And I love going Corblund. And and you know, the another thing that's kind of crazy is Corb, you you're very mysterious uh down here in the States. Like people talk about like, have you ever met Corblund? I'm like, Yeah, I, I met Corblund on the uh, Anthony Lucia show in yeah. Vegas one year, and I'm like, he was cool as shit. And they're like, Well, you know, that like people ask, but you know, well, is, do you see him around? Is he around? Like, like you're a fictitious character. I'm like, no, it, <laughs> no. like there is a core blood. He's around, you know, but, uh, it to kind of talk, you've got a long history in music and, you know, in rub chat, we're also storytellers, kind of full of shit storytellers, but kind of talk about, you are. yeah, your musical background. Like where did core blood come from? Okay. Um, I brought some pro I brought some some visual aids actually. Oh uh, yes, hell yeah! But I uh, well okay. So the family family's got a long ranching history and rodeo stuff both sides for a long time. We come from actually my mom's side of the family comes from American Fork, Utah. My dad's side from uh, Spring City. They're all wait if you go back. I'm I've drifted awfully far from the fold, but if you go back far enough, they're all Mormons, eh? And there was there was a really big migration of of those people from from Utah and northern Nevada up to Alberta around the turn of the century, because there was free land and stuff. So anyway, my my people were ranching down there, and then they came up. So my whole uh, upbringing was like the first songs that I ever heard were were uh, old cowboy songs that my grandpas would sing, and they they couldn't sing, but it was interesting because they were just like the last generation where music was actually less of a career and more of a you know, before there was a lot, you know, the internet and Netflix, people would sing for personal entertainment. And it also served as a sort of a oral history kind of a function. And so, yeah, they would sing me Strawberry Roan, Little Joe the Wrangler, and uh, When the Work's All Done This Fall. And again, they weren't musicians. They were just ranchers that would sing for entertainment and whether riding or whatever. And then the first record that I ever 
learned uh, to love was this one. And it's funny because a lot of kids, like, I guess it's just good luck that the first record I was turned on to is still to this day my favorite record. It's this record. You know this record? Marty Robbins. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's got El Paso and Billy the Kid and all those famous songs on it. And so I to this day, I still sing these songs. And not only – I was so – I, I remember you guys talking though, Chancey, about cassette tapes, right? Really? So I'm, I was so into this. I got I got down an eBay rabbit hole one day, and I got this thing on every format. I got LP, I got eight track, holy shit, cassette. I got uh, I got CD, of course, and I got uh, I got the 45 of El Paso, and this is the this is the crown jewel of the collection, the reel to reel. Holy oh, shit! Wow. Tape. Oh, cool. Look at that. <laughs> Where in the world did you find that? Yeah, you did eBay? go down an eBay rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's crazy. That's you know, amazing. I, you know, I have to say, uh, Little Joe the Wrangler. That's such a sad song. The Wrangle Nevermore. I mean, when I first heard that with Red Steagall, we wore that tape out going to high school rodeos. Little Joe the Wrangler, or Wrangler Nevermore. I'm like. His, his spur- Why are you making me listen to this, Dad? His, his spur had rung its knell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. You said Little Joe the Wrangler, but that's uh, that's so, great, though. Uh, I mean, Marty Robbins. Yeah, so that's obviously a huge in- inspiration. Yeah, the first inspiration. And and he's I, – like I, to this day, I'm a, I'm a nut for story songs, hey? As, yep. some, and a lot of – like you're talking about. So that was the first big influence. But then uh, I got – I got uh, – in about grade nine or ninth or tenth grade, I got I got kind of turned on to heavy metal, and I yes. and I was in a rock band, a real heavy rock band from all of my twenties called the Smalls, and it was kind of like Slayer meets Black Sabbath. Oh my God! No shit. See that that is badass. This is, this is your your legend. Just but I never I never stopped. I never stopped liking Western music. And in fact, some of the if you we've got we had we put out four records, and some of the lyrical themes that I. Are, are actually kind of west kind of cowboy mixed with metal but i'm looking so, this up by the way this is a short story long <laughs> um in that scene it was and it was a real underground kind of you know do it yourself punk rock book your own shows kind of a scene and and the, the um the ethos in that world musically was to make your own sound and find a unique angle and and make your own style so so my songwriting um uh songwriting development was forged in that kind of a scenario where you're supposed to find your own angle on things and be different. And so when I eventually re- that band broke up and we retired and I started playing Western music that I'm pretty sure that that approach to songwriting carried over because if you know my stuff, you, you probably know that it's, it's a lot of it's Western based, but it's also kind of quirky sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. I make a lot of stuff together and it takes some weird twists and turns. And I think, I think that's where it comes from. So long story short, two elements, one element, Western background, generations of that heritage mixed with weird indie do-it-yourself art rock. Well, and and that's like what, that's one thing I love about you because that's how me and Hambone are. We are Western, we are heavy metal, and, <laughs> and hip hop. For the record, I don't know if you can see this, Corb. I'm also a Marty Robbins fan. I wore a white sports coat and a pink carnation <laughs> to prom. Okay. Hey, okay. What happened on that prom date? Did you, uh, was it a successful prom date or no, did you go home no. crying? 
No, we stayed up all night playing basketball at the YMCA. Duh. But um, <laughs> so like when you talk about writing like songs for your for your heavy metal band. Which like, I'm 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 in the process of looking that is, up. So, that is such so don't a mind me playing on my keyboard yeah, here. That is Look such a different from Western music to, to heavy metal, which I, I love heavy metal like Slayer and you know Metallica. I mean, I grew up on on Inner Sandman, you know. I, I never forget the first time I heard that and you know, Guns N' Roses use your illusion when they were a little more uh, you know, metal, but um that is just such a different different genre from storytelling uh western and and it's i think it's badass to have that kind of range you know hey you you want western i got you you want to rock let's do this shit you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's amazing people who don't play music often feel that way that it's quite different but to me it's you're using the same tools It's, it's i tell people it's a lot like you know oil painting versus pencil sketching or hockey and football you know you can do both right yeah, I I can't, but <laughs> theoretically, why theory. not? Yeah, you could. But uh, I know what you're saying. I found that um, I I value that that uh, approach to 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 making songs because I, you know, it's tough to it's tough. Songwriting's hard. That's the hardest part of what I do, and it's it's extra hard to <clears throat> to uh, do it in a way that's unique and still reaches people you know it's hard it's not and and it, it's funny with song because i've made nine or ten records now and it never gets easier which is okay i'm all right with that i'm i like the struggle of it but i kind of feel like if you start to figure out like oh i know how to i know how to write songs now i got this down then that's the moment that you're not you know how you, you know how you got your favorite band and they put out three or four fantastic records and then at a certain point they start to suck and no one can really <laughs> No one can really pinpoint why. My theory is that it's because they think they got it figured out and they're they're you know cavalier about it and don't put the work in anymore. Because every time, I bet I bet I bet you you run into this rump with your with your act. It's like to really find new stuff, you got to dig a little bit deep sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. and I I found through that, and it's it might be the same in the music world. Like sometimes you try so hard to come up with new stuff that's really good and and knew that it just sucks. Like I, I tried to do at San Angelo a few years ago. I tried to jump a motorcycle into a trailer filled with foam, like (laughs) clear full of foam. And it it just sucked. And I thought it was going to be great. And I I spent like $6,000 to put this act together and, and no one laughed and it wasn't good, but I was trying so damn hard. And I don't know if that's the same with writing songs. We're like, man, I want to, I want to do this to work hard and then you're like man i got some then when you actually go to sing it it's like well shit (laughs) you know yeah i've had that exact experience it's it's funny because it's almost a running joke in the band that i'm the worst judge of which songs are going to be popular because like i'll you know i'll i'll lay all my lay my soul out and put all my skills to bear and and come up with a song and think this is a master and no one gives a shit about it right (laughs) Everything is better with some cows around. Everyone loves the cow song. I love right? that. Yeah, everything's better with cows around. Yeah, I've, I've sent that to a few guys back home. Uh, like, this makes total sense. Yeah. You know, I have to get another job just to have the cows around and sell off daddy's land or be a <laughs> broke like daddy was. I mean, it's genius. Well, the point is sometimes the stuff that you just, I, I thought that was just kind of a silly 
romp when I wrote it. But you know, the, sometimes the stuff that you don't really, the stuff that you really put a lot of work in, no one gives a shit about. And then the stuff that you just think is kind of throwaway stuff is the popular stuff. It's like the it's like the mom scramble. Yeah, like it's the dumbest thing ever, but people love it. He basically gets he gets uh, uh, moms out of the audience, and they fun come moms. down in yeah, fun moms in the audience, and they come down to the arena. And then they take a boot off. I mean, you've seen kids do it, you know, oh, rodeos. It's a boot scramble, but he does it with moms. And these moms, I mean, go at it. But here's the thing, Corb. If he sees you, like, if you'll be at a rodeo where he's at. He may see you and be like, the winner gets $100 from Corb Lund. And you're, you're like, what? And you have to pay him so you don't look like an asshole. All right. So I, I think this is it. Is it uh, hold on. Do you have a... Uh, Hold on. I hope this is you because I've just downloaded this. All right, here we uh, here. Yeah. Was that you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, was, I don't know. Can you guys hear me? Because this is still a new program. Could you hear yeah, me no, talking, I, you guys? All right. I'm, all right. I was a bass player. You know, afterwards, if you want to. There's a cool video called Payload. That's one of my favorite ones. And there, the record to check out is that one. It's called My Dear Little Angle. That's that's my favorite. All right, hold on. We got to do. I love it. That's like that's badass. That's like I love grunge, and that is total grunge. That's I mean that that, I, that is not, awesome. I, that was like Alice in Chains. And it had a like, girl smoking cigarettes. Yeah, something about licking a candle clean. Is that what I heard? She, licked, is, she licks her candle uh, clean. Ah, yeah. This isn't the direction I thought this would go. <laughs> <laughs> that is rump chat. It doesn't go any direction that we think that it ever was will badass. go. That was badass. I love, I love that sound, like that dirty. That was awesome. You know that low bass and kind of like it's called grunge. Well, I know, I know what the hell it's called, hambone. But that yeah. was, it was sweet. It, it was interesting because 
we we were sort of our earlier records are a little more speed metal, and then as as things went on, like but but our sing that wasn't me singing. That was his name is Mike. I, I was the bass player in that band. Yeah, but um, uh, he he was quite a good singer. So it was kind of yeah, like, had a great voice. Early on, it was kind of slayery stuff mixed with a singer, and then it kind of evolved over the years. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had we had a pretty good uh, crazy cult following up in Canada. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm blown away. I mean, that was just like so, badass. I thought Lane Staley was gonna walk out on screen. Here comes the rooster. You know, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. Wrote me a song on a five dollar bill. It's well, it's, that is a what a journey, man. It's impressive. I, that and is, I, I, you, you've got to do something that I've only wanted to do: tour with a rock band. That had yeah. to kick ass. Well, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's funny because I, you know, dad was a pro steer wrestler and mom was a barrel racer and my grandpa's rodeo. And I, I did a little of it in high school and I, uh, I kind of always wanted to do that too, right? So. It, everybody wants to do what they couldn't do, but but you know, I, there's some parallels there because going down the road is going down the road, right? Exactly. Yeah. When you're not home, you're not home. Um, that's that's my mind is blown right now. Yeah, man. but you know, I, like when you rodeo, you, well, unless you're a rough stock guy, you don't roll down in a van. I guess the bronc riders do, but like maybe me and Hambo should do that. Maybe if we ever get to go to Logandale, well, me and you. And a couple other people get Boyd. We'll load up in a rental van and uh, we'll just rock and roll, write some songs on the way out. Yeah. It can't be a rental van. It's got to be like a 1992 that you bought off uh, Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one on San Angelo Swap and Sell. Um, I, I honestly thought about that. I'm like, man. And it was the one with like the, the captain's chairs in the second row that were the most padded, most comfortable things ever. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. This is this is unreal. So, <clears throat> so you grew up kind of, you know, in the Western lifestyle. You went rock grunge, and then I mean, because that's kind of a one eighty. I mean, obviously, it was always kind of there in the background. I mean, did you going down the road? You picked up acoustic guitar and start, you know, picking some some uh, El Paso by Marty Robbins as you know <laughs> in between sets, or you know, yeah. is that kind of what you did? You always it was always there for you. Honestly, yeah. In fact, everybody in the smalls was a country fan. Like old, we like old country. That's badass. So you know, we, yeah, we we'd fuck around with thing Merle Haggard and Dwight Yoakam in the backstage. Yeah, that's. Did you did you? Uh, I I had this vision that every band that's ever played a live show, they're in the locker room and before, and they all get in a in a circle and they go, there are stars in the southern sky. So, you know, you got to snap your fingers. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm an Eagles fan, but uh, I, that's, yeah. I'm also an Eagles fan. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, my guys don't sing, but we, we, we <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I play a lot backstage. I, I honestly, like, this sounds like a cliche, but like, I play music before the show and then I play the show and then I go say hi to people and sell t shirts and then I go back and play some more. Like, I just, it's really fun. <laughs> Play music. I was going to say, is it annoying though to be like, you know, uh, if you're saying, you know, say we're hanging out somewhere and people are like, yeah, play a song, you know, here, here, play, play some music, play some music. And you're like, okay, you know, because you, because you do it so much. Maybe you just want to relax and just like kick back and just, you know, have some drinks and visit and not have to sing. 
you know, I honestly, I honestly like playing music for people. And in fact, I, I prefer playing music for like six or eight people in front of me than like that's, it's more. So no, I, and it, yeah, I want, I wanted to just say earlier in the show when we're when we we're making jokes about the guys on the on the tailgate, I, I don't, uh, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I get the joke and everything, and I've seen, I know those guys too. But I think it's great people play music. I think it's good. And I wasn't trying to, because I mean, you know, ninety nine out of hundred of those guys probably aren't gonna, nothing's gonna happen with it. But then you get you get Cody Johnson, right? So yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are there are some guys, and and you, th- there's a guy. I don't know if you know this handbone, but do you know that John Franzen can play the guitar and sing? I I did not know that. Um, Wait. John Franzen can do anything he wants to. When you're that large of a human and can beat people up at a whim like he can, play music. Wade Wade Sankey. Wade Sankey can play the guitar and sing. Yeah. I did not know. But those guys are the thing I like about guys like that, they're they're not sitting in the Western store, <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, the, the, the Luke Kaufman's I, I do, uh, um, we go to, um, Oh geez. It's in California. Good Monterey. Lord. Monterey. Thank you. Yeah, I was and there. there's a great, uh, there's a great, uh, house band that played. Well, it's not there. Not, well, they're Toby Keith's house band at his bar and, uh, Frank, uh, Frank and the guys, um, God, what's her band called rump. You remember Frank? Yeah, Cor probably knows the guys anyway. Um, you know, and, and people are like, Oh, sing Luke. And of course, obviously, you know, Luke Kaufman and, uh, and he just starts rapping. And this guy thought that, you know, he kind of let off some lyrics and this guy come walks up and he's like, Oh yeah, you want a freestyle battle? And he goes, you know, and starts and he starts right. And then Luke just melts this guy down. I mean, it was like, Oh my. Um, but that's the, that's the fun stuff. I would listen you know, oh man, if we could rump, we got to plan a trip and we got to go to Canada and take Chansey with us and have Chansey and Corb and you and me. Well, you know, just, my just us four, just my us four. My grandparents still live in Canada. So yeah, you know, yeah, he's part, he's part Canadian. Rump is, he's a quarter Canadian. Yeah. He's one part, quarter. Part of the tribe. Uh, <laughs> Waldeck, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. I'm barely Canadian, but I feel pretty Canadian from time to time. Our home and native land. That's right. You know, yeah. You guys should come come up for Calgary. Oh man, I love Calgary. Keenan Vine, great friend. Uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be pissed because he, he, he we need to have him on the show, um, and because <laughs> he gives us crap and he's you know hey you know I'll be honest, now we uh, we have you and uh, you know I think you're the first Canadian. Is that right, Rump? I don't. This is gonna be yeah. A- and who else? I mean, like, I'm sorry. I love you, Keenan, but it's Corb fucking Lund. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you. I'm sorry for the f bomb that just slipped out. <laughs> See what happens on the uh, the old uh, Pendleton and water. But um, the first time I heard Corb, or heard of, I was going to um, Strathmore, Alberta, Canada, and a great rodeo. Um. A good uh, fan of the show and a good friend, Darcy Ladine. Uh, they worked in, in Pascal del Grecio. Um, great guys. Anyway, they they and I'm there and um, oh, who was the guy who did the chuck wagons? <sighs> How long ago? Oh God, seven eight years ago. Yeah. Anyway, he does it. I think he does the chucks at Calvary too. Big tall guy. 
announces rodeos over there up there um you would know him corb anyway um he asked me he goes you know less mcintyre less mcintyre that's who it is and uh he goes and i can't remember what his song but he goes do you got yeah of corb lunds uh so and so so you know and i'm like who and everybody in the announcer stand stopped no this has got to be 10 years ago at least and uh, everybody in the announcer, because this is the first year I did it, I did it for about four years, and, and stops and looks at me, and they're like, get out get of here, you, you stupid American ass. dumbass. <laughs> How dare you spit in the face of a national treasure? My and, uh, that and Ian Tyson's Half Mile of Hell. Like, I, if I, I had to go download that right then, because <laughs> otherwise they were going to chase me out of Alberta. <laughs> That's my that's my hood. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, but once but that was the first time, and so I went. I remember I went back to the to the room that night after uh, a ton of way heavier Coors beers than normally drank down here, and even so much beer that I got into the old co- uh, uh, cocaine uh, or not cocaine. <laughs> oh shit! Cocaines, cocaines, co- uh, cocaines. Yeah, cocaines. yeah, yeah. Um. And then, yeah, uh, at the Wait a minute. Wait, uh, at the so- cabaret, and they called it a cabaret. We're going to the cabaret, and I'm like, yeah, titters, let's go, strip club, cabaret, yeah. No, it was just a rodeo dance. They call them cabarets up there. Apparently. Yeah, they they should uh, they should really <laughs> maybe try to line that out in the future. <laughs> I had no idea. It's metric. <laughs> I had there was a great meme the other day. Speaking of that, there was like there was a guy holding a, you know a British flag and a Canadian flag and a and a, a Australian flag and all these flags and it says you know U.S. metric U.S. metric U.S. metric and then there was a a kid with a mullet and a bandana that says "Been to the moon" and it's old English. <laughs> but anywho, sorry we digress on this uh, show. Yeah. But um, that was the first time, and, and since then it's been like I mean when you did the uh, Huey. Uh, uh, jam session after the BFOs there at uh, the Tropicana. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. going in there and I'm like, holy shit, Corb Lund's playing. Like I was, and I wanted to come up and shake your hand and be like, I'm sorry, I've been playing your music for years and big haven't fan. Been, haven't been playing, haven't been paying you anything, but uh, I hope it's okay. But I didn't. I chickened out. No, it's it's really good to hear that. Uh, it's I, it's funny because I, I I play a lot of rodeos up here and and I'm. I played some of the American ones, but uh, it's good to hear that that bunch of people are, are aware of what we're doing because oh, hundred percent. We we um, it's funny because we cross a lot of genres. Like we play rockabilly clubs, and we play Texas, the Texas outlaw country scene, and we play Americana things in Nashville. But the most, it's really it's really gratifying to me that that people out west know us, especially in the rodeo community, because that's that's kind of my background family background too so it's 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 great that uh to hear that people know us we oh i need to play i i i feel like i'm a couple steps behind but i need to play paneled in china i need to play those places absolutely i and and i well i rump i text him uh when uh, yesterday we were going back and forth last uh last night and um i i gotta give him to fiesta i mean you know, Rump came and was the entertainer there. That's awesome. Would that need? Would that? I mean, is that not a, a per, per, 
perfect corporate and we're going to do some big things. And so, uh, I'm excited to get you down here, West Texas. And yep. we need to, we need to get together. You need, when you come down or if you're planning a, I don't know, a tour down here or something, when, when, when shit gets back rolling, which Texas is open up hundred percent. I'm sure you've seen the news, um, up there. So we're excited about that. San Angelo rodeo. Uh, I, I is, we'll have an announcement Friday. I don't know when we're going to air this probably tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll release this episode, which is not Friday. So I can't say anything, Corb. Um, I'm also a rodeo manager at the stock show and rodeo down here. So, um, I, I can't wait. I, I want to do I anything I can to, to, cause you're to get you more down here because it's, it's, it's too good. It's a precious gem. I want to share with the world. <laughs> well, is you know, there, it's funny. Oh, go ahead. Uh, is, is there any talk like, uh, with, with the, the future, I, I know you said you got your uh, kind of tour shut off right in the middle, but kind of with uh, everything kind of happening, are, are your people talking, hey, man, we're going to get to go pretty quick? Or where, where's your music scene hitting right now with everything? It's it's hard to know because, I mean, even in even in America, every state handles it differently, right? And every country handles it differently. So it's it's we're sort of at the mercy of greater forces here of history, I think. But uh, I... I think that, unfortunately, like my my job basically is to get 400 people into a 300 seat room and get them all sweaty and rubbed up against each other and drunk. That's my job, right? That's true. So, Very true. So it might be a while before things get totally back to normal. I don't know. I feel like I hate to say it, but I feel like our gig might be one of the last ones that gets back. It will a uh, live entertainment, and that's that's what's so sad. Uh, the world, if anything, music does it releases you from the pressures of everyday life. Amen. It takes you to other places, and it is so important to just to lie. And and you need that. People need that, and and that's why I'm I, I I'm so glad that these states, you know, Texas and Mississippi and Iowa. Um, you know, there's there's quite a few that that have that have left the mask mandate down, and, and South Dakota. I mean, how could I forget them? South Dakota, Florida, they haven't even. Are you yawning right now, Rump? Are oh, no. we boring? Are we boring you? It's eight thirty p.m. <laughs> I I spent all day cleaning pools. Okay. <laughs> what a bitch! You don't <laughs> yawn. No, I was yelling. <laughs> I it's been it's been gratifying to to hear from people that because like. We musicians miss miss playing, obviously, but but uh, it's been gratifying because we, we've had a ton of people tell us, "Oh God, I really need live music." And you know, there's not the not everyone in the population digs live music, but there's a lot of people that really, really love live music, and it's like religion for them, right? And it's certainly for us as musicians, you know, we all want to make a buck and further our careers. But the reason we all got into music is it just feels so good to communicate with people that way. Right. And, and it's, we miss it. And it's, it's gratifying to hear that the audience misses it too. So. Absolutely. I can't imagine like, of course we all dream of, you know, being Vince Neil and, and, and uh, being the lead man of a huge rock band or, or, you know, Corb Lund or, you know, in the middle of a, you know, Alberta music festival just having that connection i don't care what you're doing i don't care if you're a dj behind a computer doing this you know um <laughs> at a music festival uh at an edm festival is what i'm trying to say i can't imagine it's got to be so cool i mean i play 
yes, I play music, but I play other people's music, you know, and it's part of a production. I am not, um, how amazing. Yeah. How amazing is that to, to have those people right there and just uh, uh, fixed on you and locked in and just, and, and you can, I don't know, just their emotions pouring out. I don't know if, um, I don't know. Do you get a lot of titties flashed at you? I mean, is that something, you know, I don't know if that happens. Maybe back in the day when you were, you know, we were playing Alice in Chains music no, or something or what? No, uh, no. That doesn't happen to Alberta during the winter. I know that. Rodeo. I know it, it happens to me at, at oh, rodeos all the shit. time. They're like, hey, about that. That, that doesn't happen. He's like, not really. That's your goal. You the rodeo clown business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only titties he sees are his own in this mirror. If you're um, a big man, I'm a titty fan. <laughs> that's so. So speaking of boobies and stuff no, like that, we're gonna insane. get a little, we're gonna get a little rump chat here. Uh, I mean, tell us some stories. I mean, through your whole career of any uh, of all the bands you've been with. I mean, tell us some stories from the road. Do you have some that stick out that was like, oh my god, what, what just is happened? happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh I should make a list because I get this question sometimes. I, I always I always falter on the answer, but well, here's an interesting one. It has nothing to do with boobs, but <laughs> well, that's okay. It doesn't okay. have to do boobs. Yeah, I, I just, just suggested. We were, we were we play a lot in Australia, and uh, we played this show one time, and it was kind of a resort casino kind of a situation. And I, I play cards a lot when I have downtime. So I was in a, a card tournament, and I had an hour and 15 minutes before showtime. And uh, I was winning the tournament. And there was only three of us left, and I, it was looking pretty good. I had a big stack. And and my road manager runs into the poker room breathlessly and says, you're on stage in 10 minutes. And for some reason, someone fucking – can I – we have to edit? It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's um, fine. Okay. Some, someone built a casino <laughs> resort on the border, like on the time zone border. So the casino was an hour earlier than uh, the So I thought I had an hour and 10 minutes and I had 10 minutes. And I had to run like like run like an asshole to just flat out to make the show. And I was in, I, I have I have a rule. I have the NSOS, the no, no shorts on stage rule for the band. But I had, I was wearing ridiculous surf shorts and I don't know, flower sandals and a hat cap or something. And, and I had a show like that. Cause I, I, I literally had to run to make the show and I got there just in time to get on stage because some idiot had decided to build this resort on the <laughs> border so that, yeah. yeah, the venue was an hour later than the card room I was in. So that's, that's the story. More importantly, did you did what you did you cash out? Did you have to go? <laughs> no, that's the shitty part. You can't cash out of a tournament. I had just I just had to retire. <gasps> oh, I'd bastards! Talking about four grand. <laughs> Ouch! And I remember one of your songs. I don't know which one, but you're talking about all the different types of poker, Chicago, and and uh, God, what song was that? Anyway, I've been I've been binging on Corblund. All I want, all I want to do is play cards. Yeah. That's that will. That makes sense. <laughs> like everybody that works for Three Hills Rodeo, that's uh, all they yeah. want to do is play cards. Hey, can we, we talk? Can we talk about clowning for a minute? Yeah, please do. I want to ask you some questions. Oh lord, oh, perfect. So, what? First of all, how how many how long has it been since you tackled that guy in South Dakota? Oh, that was uh, that was four years ago. Yeah. 
So was there any, was there ever any like legal implication for you? Hopefully yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah, there was actually. So when he, when I tackled him in the arena, I was running as fast as I could, which is probably, I don't know, probably 22 miles an hour. He can move for a big boy. Yeah. He so really you can. figure, you figure 300 pounds moving 22 mile an hour. Uh, and I hit the guy in the back. Um, and the bad part was <laughs> as hard as I hit him, you know, he got up like fast and that made me a little nervous. But what nobody saw was the bullfighter who was a tough, tough dude, uh, from North Dakota, Josh Ravinius, uh, when they were escorting him out of the arena, when he tried to pull away from the sheriff's deputy, the bullfighter arm barred him to the ground. I mean, slammed him. And so uh, this guy later on came back to try to sue me because I broke a uh, vertebrae in his back. And so he said he couldn't go to work because of the injury sustained um, from me. But I got out of it uh, legally because um, – I wasn't trying to be a hero, I, but I just kept telling him, I'm like, I thought, I, I didn't know that he didn't have a gun. I'm like, what if he would have had a gun? Yeah, so then, sure. Because it was weird for a dude to come running across the arena during the middle of a rodeo. Yeah. Like, there were fucking horses with the pick man running. Yeah, through, right? yeah. And, and that was another thing. I said, well, you, you can't see me. Yeah, I hit him hard, but I said, I, I was, you know, I was caught up in the moment as I get sometimes and I was saving the day. I'm not a hero Corb. I just did what any, any good old rodeo clown would do. <laughs> I think you did the right thing. And you know what? I've worked uh, so many events in rapid city since. And every year I get nervous because uh, some of my friends said, Oh, well that guy, he's going to come back and kick your ass someday. So like yeah, right. every, Every time when I'm in Rapid City, I was just there for the Black Hills uh, Rodeo Rapid City, and all I could think about is, I wonder if that some bucks ever going to come to this rodeo and like try to find me, like when I'm walking back to the Holiday Inn. You know, have you ever, have you ever tried to find a tweaker rump? Yeah, I've several. <laughs> they they don't go down easy. No, you know I know. They don't. I, feel I, pain. They no, don't. I, ch I choke slammed one after JV's wedding, uh, JV's balls wedding, and uh, I slammed us. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but I slammed him into the floor of my dad's house. And then I got him up into my room in my old, in my old room. And, and I locked him in the room and he jumped out of the window in a snowstorm and walked barefooted to my grandma's. So yeah, huh. I've, I've been there. So you fought a tweaker. Yes. But you, I mean, I'm not sure if this was just the media or if it was real, but it, I mean, knocking him down might've been good for him. If he, you know, if he was going to get run over by the pickup man, right? Yeah, well, he yeah. said in his interview, if you read in the, the – this is not me making this up. In the interview, he says, it might have been better just to have been hit by the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't imagine you with a 40-yard run hitting me smooth in the back. I bet every bone and every joint just cracked. Well, and what a lot of people don't know, I was about 18 beers deep come bronc riding time. That was back in the old – when I was on the rock and roll uh, – road show where i'd start slamming keystone light beers at like <laughs> stones like 11 o'clock in the morning and just let it roll into rodeo time so it might have been more than 18 beers deep by that because rapid city was fun you know uh that was back in the drinking beer days of, yeah you drank a lot of beer yeah back in the binge drinking but like i just wanted to be a rock and roller like that's all I've ever really wanted to do, and I've never got a chance because I, I suck at music. I played the trombone in high school, 
which uh, we, you bo- know, we both did. Trombone Corp. players don't get laid. I don't know if you knew that. Um, no. Need I, and, that's an, and that's another thing, Corb. You know, I always tell my wife, I'm like, no woman sits at a rodeo and goes, mm, I want to, you know, do the <laughs> sound guy. <laughs> oh, God, look at that sound guy running that mouth. That I, I want to, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to go. T- I think meat is the politically correct <laughs> yeah i'm trying there's so many words going through my head and uh yeah yeah no, no girl, girl goes, goes i want to go do that song guy did you hear that drop by tiesto he played in the bow riding or they look at uh, me and go oh my god that clown's sweaty that's so hot look at look at that his man boob sweat rocking but then you can be an ugly ass pickup man like you know gary Rempel. uh you know, who's a legend. I love Gary. I'm just saying that to give him crap, but, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, Dalton Ward. And <laughs> I'm trying to think uh, of any, all the other ugly pickup, men. There's so many of them out there, but anyway, man, like, they're like, Oh my God, he's so hot. Look at him ride that horse. And I'm like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually true. Um, I've seen it firsthand. So that's I'm like, Wendy, nobody does that, but I mean, yeah. to have that, I can't imagine. Does it, was it, I mean, is it, I, I, what's it like, like backstage, and you know, do chicks the crowd, really to, do chicks really try to get behind stage? Like, yeah, is your road manager out there going, "You can go in"? Nope, nope, you can go in. My girlfriend's <laughs> in there. Hey, there's a lot of people's girlfriends in here. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not like Guns N' Roses. No, it's, it's damn most, it, it's mostly a bunch of dudes drinking beer usually. <laughs> <laughs> just like rodeoing. Were you like Alice in Chains on Wayne's World? Actually, uh, <laughs> it wasn't Alice in Chains. It was Alice Cooper. Or Alice Cooper. Sorry. God almighty. Sorry. Uh, so that's, well, all stereo- that's all stereotyped in. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I wonder sometimes because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was real for, for you know, Nikki Six or whatever. But in yeah. my world, not so much. And it's probably good. <laughs> you know, back to your world. I have more questions. Okay. Oh, oh, oh shit. Okay. Corp okay. chat. What? What? <laughs> I should probably know this, but but what? At what point did the bullfighter and the clown diverge into two separate gigs? Because because as a kid, I seem to remember that the bullfighter was the clown. It was the same gig, but now yeah. it's separate things, right? Yeah. So I I really think it probably happened in the eighties. Uh, cause even when I was younger, like my parents having a rodeo company, we hired Kevin rich from Greeley, Colorado and Kevin fought bulls and did the acts. And if you look at, uh, you know, Ted Kimsey, he did both, um, whatever. So I think when they, a lot of guys, yeah, when they switched to having two bullfighters, uh, I think that that's when, or when they brought in another guy that it kind of started switching, but like Leon coffee, Kimsey, uh, J, uh, Tom Feller used to fight both. And I think it just got easier because those guys were, you know, because if you got ran over or if, if your bullfighter got hurt, that took out your in arena entertainer. And, well, and the bull- two very different skill sets, huh? Well, you know, yeah, it is. I mean, because most of those guys, especially now, like the bullfighters that are extremely good, they're not very funny and they don't those guys don't want to be considered a clown at all. Like it's almost offensive to them. If you call, if you call a modern day bullfighter, a clown, they kind of get halfway pissed off. So like, I don't know. 
the way things have evolved, I can understand that because their their focus is on cowboy protection, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But it's they, interesting. Do you know Do you know about Kelly Lacoste? He's Kelly a Canadian. Lacoste. He was a Canadian bullfighter back when I was a kid. So this is like '80s. But he was like my dad tells a story about how uh, he was at a rodeo someplace and uh, Kelly was just in the audience and and uh, somebody got hung up. And the clown, he was, and the guy was clowning around. And the guy was fucking hung up, right? And so Kelly jumped over the over the fence into the. He was just there as a spectator, and and sorted the guy out. But that it it tells me that at one point those two those that that was one job description, right? Yeah, but, yeah. I'd say probably I'm gonna say pretty hardcore. Probably mid '80s, late '80s. It 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 split ways. And if you look at the old Wrangler bullfight tapes with like. Skipper Voss, even when he was fighting bulls, like when he'd walk around the fighting bull, he'd do like the, like the hat, the hat tip thing. So those, yeah, those or Leon, yeah, when he or did Leon the uh, dance, Leon did the splits. Leon yeah, did that Bob for years. Bull so dancer, you, Leon did it. Who's a who is a good example from the old days of someone who was who was a, a, a legitimately entertaining clown, but also a, a legit. Rick 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 Young. Yeah. Rick Young. Uh the the uh, Agent Cajun. Um, but the, all those I mean, uh oh God. Um, the baddest cat ever to do both was Rex Dunn. Rex Dunn was the I mean, just made freestyle bullfighting, took it up and beyond <laughs> what anybody could have thought of. Mr. Smooth, wearing the long baggies, and he'd be in the Wrangler bullfight and fight cowboy protection and do acts. And he was funny. And he, you know, somebody had told him, Hey Rex, man, you know, uh, bullfighters are a dime a dozen. Bullfighters are easy to find, but if you, if you're funny and can do acts, you'll have a job every weekend. So Rex done. I think he re- is one that kind of, uh, well, of course, Rex and Rudy and, and Rick, like that bunch of guys, they, they, they were, they were all great, but I would say, the great late Rex Dunn, Hastings, Oklahoma, Coyote Hills Fighting Bulls, the coolest son of a buck ever. The the one that told me you're too chubby to fight bulls, but you're funny as shit. <laughs> All right, sounds good to me. But actually, well, I was a really know, good bullfighter too. Yeah, you know, I've seen a million rodeos, and there's there's some people who are clowns who it seems forced. But there's three guys I can think of: you and uh, Ash Cooper and Flint. Who are naturally funny people, right? And oh. and, and are completely okay with. I like it's basically it's it, it's really similar to it's a form of stand-up comedy in a sense, right? Well, and mm-hmm. and Ash has got to do a bunch of that, and and I remember mm-hmm. when I first met him at, at uh, Austin years ago, and he was on the stilts. Do you remember when Crash was oh, yeah. on the stilts? And I was like, who is this son of a bitch? Like. And he was awesome. And he he's such an artist. I never forget he painted eyeballs on the back of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when he shut his what eyes, it looked like what his a talented guy. And it makes yeah. me feel like shit because I put on like two triangles uh, with black around the triangles for my cloud Barely. paint, and like Crash can paint an eye on his eye. Well, and he's he's, a, he's an artist. He's, yeah. he's so talented. And not only that, he's he's doubly an artist because he he's a fantastic watercolorist, but he's also he can do cartoons, right? Yeah. Funny thing, yeah. my mom bought me a, a birthday card for my fortieth birthday that 
actually he had designed the card and she didn't even yeah. know who he was. So really? oh, that's cool. Saskatchewan boy too. What's that? He's also from Saskatchewan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's he's a he's a good dude. And I actually just talked to him um, for quite a while on the phone the other day. Yeah, he's a <clears throat> he's one of the wittiest humans yeah. I know. Like he is so uh, the first time I got to work with him was at Hell Dorado Days, which was a Las Vegas rodeo. When they brought it back, the first year they brought it back, he was there. Um, it, it went away for 10 years, and, and it came back. And we all went to the casino on there. It was right off Fremont Street in Vegas. and so, But we went to the casino, the El Cortez, where we were all staying, and we went and gambled and drank until, I mean, daylight the next day. And... It was, I have not laughed that hard. Uh, there's been a few times in my life, but he and I, we just, we hit it off a, a bunch. And then I got to see him a few years ago. Um, I go to uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. The city Ag- that the city that rhymes with fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Aggribition. Aggribition. Um, and uh, boy, that's a that 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 place melts my mind when you're fifty fifty. Granted, it's Canadian, but I don't give a shit. It's a lot of money. Your fifty fifty is like sixty eight thousand dollars, <laughs> and you're like, what? You know, most fifty fifties at rodeos for the winner of seven hundred and sixty eight dollars, it's ticket number one three six eight four. Yeah, we love fifty fifties. It's a hockey thing. Yeah. 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 Is it really? Is that? I think somebody said that the 50 50s came from Canada. Yeah. It's a hockey thing. Well, God bless hockey. God bless hockey. Because I I put, and every time I don't have any Canadians, so I got to give them $20 American, but I don't care because I'll put 20 bucks in to win, you know, 93,000, 46,000 American, you know, whatever it is. Uh, Cause last year, the first um, two performances, Corb, it carried over. No, so it was no one redeemed their ticket. No, from last year's rodeo. Oh. So it carried over. It was like 80 grand. Damn. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> I was like, what the shit is happening? If you would have won that, I'd be like, bye, bitches. <laughs> bye. No, we, went, we went and ate uh, dry ribs and, and uh, wings. You went after. to, you went to Every, the cabaret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went to the cabaret and had cocaine. And uh, no. Cocaine. I, I, Canada's awesome. I just, I don't know. The, there's something about the Canadian fans. You know, we, we have so many friends up there and, and, uh, we have a lot of fans of the show up there, which is more than I we knew. You know, when I went up to Regina, it was of course obviously this last year, but the year before, which was our first year of doing this. Uh, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we love it. We 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 love this, and we love the rump chat, and we're listening. Where can we get it more?" And I'm like, "What is going on?" That's when I I started having sense. Maybe you know, Rump and I actually are onto something special. And now, you know, we've had Bob Tallman and. And uh, you know Joe Beaver and Boyd and Donnie Gay and now Corb Lund. This is it's it's kind of surreal. I'm having a surreal moment, maybe because I just drank a tall boy of Good Pendleton. But uh, this is it's pretty surreal to be hanging out with Corb and and uh, I don't know maybe I, I don't know if we're taking you away from your uh, shop class you have. Uh, are you- 
<laughs> no, I'm good. You know, Rump, the first time the first time I remember meeting you was at a couple of years ago at the what do they call it, the shootout, the at in Vegas. Oh yeah. Oh yes, at the Orleans. Yeah. And um shoot, I had a point that I was gonna make about that. Um I, I kept rambling, I'm sorry. <laughs> I you, ruined it. You said something or that made me shit, I don't know what I was gonna say. I think it was the I think it was the um it was the tribute night to Doug Vold, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, it was tribute night to Harry Vold, but it it, yeah, it, yeah. it turned into the Doug Vold tribute. Yeah. <laughs> Doug grabbed me because I was talking to you, Rob, and then Doug grabbed me and said, "You got to come meet the Bronc Riders." And I was, I was like, and I was supposed to play the sing the anthem. That's why I was, that's why I was there. And it was like fifteen minutes till showtime, and he grabs me by the. He literally grabbed me by the collar. Yeah, that's Doug. That's good. So I was like, okay. So I went into the dressing room and I and I got singing Bucking Horse songs for the for the bareback riders. And then some girl with a clipboard super freaked out was like, Oh my god, oh my god, you're on stage in It was Lisa Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to run out and sing the Canadian anthem after yeah. But that was yeah, that was, yeah, that was uh, I remember that scruffy. He uh, he was supposed to because Rory Lemel uh, <clears throat> is the producer of that show, and <laughs> he looks Doug. I mean, they dressed him up to look for this is to explain the story to our fans. They dressed him up. Oh, I know. I mean, to look like Harry, and he looked exactly like Harry. It was eerie on that black face. They got a black horse with the bald black horse with a, with a blaze face uh what harry always rode and um he rode out there and he's supposed to ride like a quarter of the uh of the way through out the, the arena through the like, smoke and yeah. tip his hat and turn and ride out i think he was uh, drunk. yeah scruffy was drunk well, and scruffy rode to the other end uh, of the arena I mean, hat off and just flopping around like you look like whiplash on the back of the dog. But the, the, I, that wasn't even the best part, though. The best part was later that night. So I have th that bar with the watch party in New Orleans, right? So Doug oh, Bold yeah. comes in there, and uh, and he's my friend, and he, he's kind of he kind of was pretty deep, pretty deep drinking. Well, the security guard walks over and he goes, and he said, "Hey, man." Uh, I know you're you're kind of running this bar, but we got a problem. I'm like, well, what's the deal? And he goes, if your dad doesn't settle down, we're going to kick his ass out. I said, my dad? My dad's not here. <laughs> and he said, no, your dad right over there. And he pointed, and Doug is waving at me, giving me the thumbs up, like, just go with it. <laughs> and I said, all right, all right, dad. And I pulled him aside, and I got him lined out. Then when they went to close the bar, he got on stage, uninvited, and sang House of the Rising Sun. There is a yep. house in his go to. Is his go to. Yep. The I'm great sure, scruffy. I'm, sure I'm related to those guys by in law. We're all related. This, the rodeo community is small, right? So my right. cousin, my cousin married a bold. So we're we're sort of third, third generation. What do you call it? Shirt tail relatives. <laughs> That's awesome. He, yeah, he's right, a, another visual aid. I got to show you this one. Whoa! Look at that hair. Check that. Check. Oh, like, there you go. That's like oh. circa, circa 1981. Kessler <laughs> Rodeo. Dang, that's badass. That's you, actually that's painted Smiles Dad on the. Yeah, that's uh, that's that. actually pretty cool alley. Did you ever meet Reg? 
I never did. I I only met uh, Greg and Dwayne. Yeah, me too. Reg, Reg was a good friend of my grandpa. My grandpa was the. They grew up in the same town in Rosemary, and uh, my grandpa took him to his first Calgary Stampede. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, he. I remember him as, when I was riding steers as a kid, because he he had he had a, he was real gruff, but a great guy, super nice guy, but real gruff on the surface. And he'd uh, he had this, a few catchphrases, and if you're on your steer and you're not you're taking too long, he'd say, "You're just like your goddamn father." <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked at me, and he's, he's friends with my dad and my grandpa, so he he said that to me. I was getting tightened up, and he. He, he looked at me and he, he realized it was me and he kind of gave me a wink, but I felt good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know that I know I, I know that Greg uh, that Greg was gruff. He used to come to Austin and yell at me a lot. But Dwayne, Dwayne was always nice. Dwayne's cool. Yeah. Talks really slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, man. It is. It's a small world, man. It's a small world. So when did you like when did you fe- realize um Kind of like me, you know, in high school, uh, high school rodeo and stuff. And then after high school rodeo, it's like, okay, I'm not going to make a living at this. And, you know, time to time to move something else. Like, you know, everybody team ropes, you know. I love to rope, but it, everybody team ropes. But so when when did you realize, like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not going to be a bull rider, you know, enough is enough, something else? Well, as a kid, at least back then, it's a little different now. But back then, the only option available was was steer riding right like there wasn't there wasn't junior bull maybe in the states i don't know but where i was from there, there wasn't junior like 13 year old bronc riding or or roping or whatever so i was in 4-h I, I goat tied stuff but i you know i i never really aspired to be a bull rider and i was always too big for it because by the time i was 14 my legs were too long to ride yeah steer. you're a tall guy yeah so i bulldogged a little bit in high school but uh in a Went to some a few a handful of high school rodeos, but by that time I was just into music so much that it just took me to another direction. So, so high school is when you. I mean, I guess we. I don't know. We kind of didn't get into that. So you started picking up the guitar then. Uh yeah, like 14, 15 years old, something like that. Both now was I was fooling around with bulldogging, but I didn't really didn't really stick. Yeah. Did did uh, did you pick up the guitar to like because you liked it, or did you pick it up to like pick up chicks and stuff? Yeah. Like I, I tried, but it. Oh no! no I, I picked it up because I met some friends at school. I was kind of a nerd at school, and I, I just no I, way. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And I met a bunch of buddies who were just into, you know, uh, Black Sabbath and stuff, and 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 I liked it too. And, and yes. that's that's why I got into guitar, just to play Tony Iommi riffs. That is insane. I know, I, I, I'm. My mind is still blown. Like it's it's. Uh, My fingers are too chubby to play the guitar. Yeah, they are. I can play the air guitar like a son of a bitch, but uh, you know, like I said, I never got past the trombone. <laughs> play us something there, Corb. What do you got? Yes. Um, so you got I don't know if it if it's the latest thing you've done, but uh I, I love it. It's another one of those storytelling kind of comedic deals that everybody in the Western industry who's married to a woman who loves horses understands. Uh 
the 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 song with that you just did uh and what's her name uh, ja- jamie jamie um uh, yeah yeah jamie horsepore yeah 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 horsepore horsepore yeah play i uh, would you mind playing us a tune or something to see uh, if it uh does it's mic- great this is perfect i love it is the mic pick the guitar up okay yeah yeah it's good okay right. i got to sing i got to sing the girl part too then it's a duet Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess that was a terrible request. <laughs> I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Okay. Folks think you're rich when they see you have horses. Well, that might be true if my income sources weren't eaten up every month on the boardage for all our four-legged friends. My accountant says that my funds are depleted, but I keep my wealth right where I can see it. In pastures and barns and in show arenas. And because of the money she spends, well, horse poor, horse poor, I sell once she buys two more luxuries we could afford if we was rich and not horse poor. <laughs> I've had a lot of feedback on this. Positive. It's awesome. Okay, here's the girl part. Here's the female part. Well, he must have forgot the show where he met me. He said the way I sat in my saddle was sexy. Said a cowgirl like me was worth every penny. Better start making sense now, my dear. You can build me a barn and it better be heated with a whole lot of <laughs> with a whole lot of stalls and I'm a little bit drunk. Oh, <laughs> Buy me a stud and smile when you feed it, because we're just getting started round here. She buys three more the luxuries we could afford if we was rich and not horse poor. <laughs> by the power that's vested me to buy the pony, you should be saddled in this matrimony. I now pronounce you man, wife, and horses. You make me all your money goodbye. Horse, poor, horse, poor. I sell what you buy for more luxuries we could afford. If we was rich and not horse poor. Horse, poor, horse, poor. I sell what you buy for more luxuries we could afford. Never yeah, we was rich and not horse poor. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Word. Uh, we got it. Uh, we got to play uh, another one. And I'm going to jump up real quick because I don't have my laptop plugged in. And if this, my laptop dies, I'm going to die uh, myself. But um, for our audience, uh, can you play my favorite uh, Corblund song, uh, Bible on the Dash? Uh, I could try. That's a little tricky. With is, it, is, it, is it a little tricky? Uh, okay, five dollar bill. That would be easier. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm, a bit I'm of back- plug this. A bit of background. So our our family ranch is about uh, six miles north of the American border, and there was a period of time in the states when it was illegal to sell booze, but it was still legal up here. And then we followed suit about five years later. But there was a a little window yep. where it created a sort of an economic opportunity. So my grandfather. Uh, Provided a public service to the American people. My man. Yeah. My man. About him. 
I wrote my new song on a $5 bill, but I won't be able to sing it until I get hot on the trail or to pick up a track of the dirty little thief and get my five bucks back. that's a badass i love that song and that's that's one of them i play um a lot you know pre-show and that people are going what who was that because it's you know you you stop you start most songs you don't really listen listen to the lyrics but that gets you sucked in a lot of your music gets people to listen to the actual lyrics you know not just the beat to it it's an actual story and that's that's what when you look you up that i think it's a huge compliment is it says corblund songwriter <laughs> you know not singer or you know it's a songwriter and i mean songwriting's i don't know where the money's at really i mean you know what i mean right well, all that but anyway not only that it's it's more satisfying to sing shit that you wrote because i mean to me the whole per the whole point of the of the art form is to communicate to people and especially you know if i was a fisherman from eastern canada it'd be different or if i was a a miner from England, but I'm not. I'm my my family history is cowboy stuff, so it makes it's it's a big deal to me to be able to communicate our culture. You know, you know, it, it's the same way to 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 uh, bring it in rodeo terms. Like <clears throat> I know, like stock contractors when they win horse of the year, or you know, they win a round at the NFR on their horse that they've raised. 
Yeah. It's, it means so much more than, you know, one that they bought because anybody with money can go buy good horses, but it, to raise one up and have it win horse of the year or that, that's just another level of, uh, of amazing, of, of just being proud. And I think that's got to be the same way with, you know, singing a song that's like that. But do you have anything that, you know, you might want to, you know, you want to sing for us? Like, do you, you got any? The telephone rang about a quarter to nine. Oh, shut up. She heard his voice on the other yeah. line. Wondered what was wrong this time. You asked for it. Yeah, do it. What is calls my brain? The cowboy like him, it could be anything. She always expected the worst in the back of mine. Sing it, Rump. Said it's cold out here and I'm all alone. Didn't make it short go again. I'm coming home. I know I've been away too long. Didn't have time to write a call. Know this rodeo's been hard on us all, but I'll be home soon. And honey, is there something wrong? She said, "Don't bother coming home. By the time you get here, I'll be long gone. There's somebody new, and it sure ain't no rodeo man." He said, I'm sorry that it's come down to this. There's just so much about you that I'm going to miss. But it's all right, baby. If I hurry, I can still make shining. Got to go now, baby. If I hurry, I can still make shining. He left that phone dangling off the hook. Slowly turn around and give it one last look. Then it just walked away. He aimed his truck toward that Wyoming line. But little luck, he would still make it in time. And on that shining wind, he could still hear her say. Said, don't bother coming home. By the time you get here, I'll be long gone. There's somebody new, and it sure ain't no rodeo way. He said, I'm sorry that it's come down to this. There's just so much about you that I'm gonna miss. It's alright, baby. If I hurry, I could still make shine. Gotta go now, baby. If I hurry, I can still make shine. She never knew what his calls might bring. With a cowboy like him, it could be anything. But she always expected the worst in the back of her mind. Yeah. Hell I yeah. love it. Nice. You know, George. George and Garth were the last two guys that had anything Western on country radio. 
<laughs> you know, like, so, yeah, go ahead. That, let's look at let's take a little bit of a deeper look at that song. That's a dark song because he's he's talking to the girlfriend and he has that line where he says, I know this rodeo has been hard on us all, so I'm assuming there's a family involved. So she says she's dumping him, and within a second he's like, Okay, it's good. I'm gone to the next one. That's that's dark. You know, I never okay. thought about that. But since since we are on that subject, I I was driving home from San Antonio the other night uh, when a George Strait song came on, Marina Del Rey. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, Marina Del Rey may be one of the best George Strait songs ever. But in the, here's what makes no sense about that. Is the lady in the song is saying pretty much she just bangs George Strait on a hidden beach and takes off. Like, who's going to bone George Strait and then never see him again? Okay? That song is a lie. Not, not me. Hidden Beach Under Golden Sun, she spread a br- blanket that we laid down on and loved the world away. <laughs> like, but if he, might wrote, he might have wrote that before he was George Strait, as we know George Strait. <laughs> I'll bet that could That's be right. true. Some lady right now is going, you'll never believe this, but Marina Del Rey, I banged George Strait. Shut <laughs> up, Helen. No, you didn't. She, she's sitting on the end of a, of a smoke-filled <laughs> bar. There's 20 ladies saying that, actually. <laughs> yeah, God. I used to, I bang that song's about me. It was as damn near forty years Get ago. Get me another Sambuca. You know, you know what the gender hundred eighty degrees of that song is? It's this one. So that one is the guy being totally callous, leaving the family. I don't know the whole tune. I'm just gonna play a little bit of it. But it, this is the the polar opposite gender wise of that song. Saw your picture on a poster. The cafe out in Phoenix gives you still the sweetheart of the rodeo. Oh, yeah. As for me and little Casey, we still make in a one horse trailer and a mobile home. She still asks about you all the time. I guess that we don't even cross your mind. Sometimes that's what the course is difficult, but that's my point. So that one, you got the woman who who's even harsher because she leaves the guy and little Casey to become a barrel racing champion. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, Dan Rodeo, Seals. Rodeo is a dirty business. <laughs> yeah, do you know that? Do you know the greatest Dan Seals song though of all time? I mean, come on. Meet you in Montana. No, Bop. Come on, I want to Bop you, baby. That's the dirtiest song ever in country music. I want to be Bop you, baby. I want to be Bop you, baby, till the break of dawn. Yeah, that is pretty. That was before <laughs> WAP. Before WAP, you had Bebop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he must uh, not have been very it. good if it takes you... to the break of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you shouldn't drink so much. How about, how about and we were swinging. How about that Just swinging. Hey, you know, Rumps wrote a few songs. I wrote a Bobby Marriott song. You what? I wrote a song about Bobby Marriott. Who's really? a, who's an NFR pickup man? I don't uh it's not a good song. Now, I'm embarrassed. I, 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 I'll I, have to send it to you. Maybe you can put it to a guitar. 
Actually, um, we've been wanting Chansey. Um, well, we've been, you know, I mean, anybody. We would love. We need to have a rump chat song that we can start our a theme uh, song. A theme song. So I don't know. We need to collaborate on something. You got to get, get Chansey and and Ned Ledoux and me to do it. It that, would be great. That would be uh, that would be awesome because uh, actually George and yeah George and Garth. Uh, uh, and actually the, uh, stones want to play the uh, rhythm section, but they've been busy. So they said, Hey, if you guys find somebody else, go ahead. So you weren't, you uh, weren't able to reach George and Garth. Is that what you're saying? Well, they said, you know, they're a little busy right now, uh, doing something. So if we, you know, not to say your second choice, but <laughs> I understand my rule. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Um, uh, what about, uh, what's, uh, lost. Uh, what is that? Lost McKendree? Uh, um, I don't know. Lost Cousin? No. Ferg is Ferg put some messaged me something on oh, Les uh, McIntyre. That's the guy. That's the oh, announcer that you were thinking. Oh, earlier. I can't. I couldn't see it. It's in really small print. Okay, we're, there it is. We're in laws as well. He married my cousin. Ah, we're all related up here. He married my cousin uh, Arthur. She's Arthur Lund. She's a she's a second cousin, but uh, they divorced. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know when you when you Google I think Corp Lund, it actually one of the main searches that comes up when when I, I just because I googled your name, one of the associated searches says, um, "Is Corb a Canadian Lund? Where did Corb Lund grow up? What genre is Corb Lund?" Is Corblund married, and what is Corblund's net worth? Should we run down run down them from the start? Did uh, you answer all those questions? Okay, go. Uh, let's, let's do the lightning round. Go. Okay. Is Corb a Canadian Lund? Yes, sir. Where did Corblund grow up? Gabriel, Alberta. Where is what general gen, genre is Corblund? That's complicated. <laughs> Agricultural tragic. <laughs> <laughs> Is Corblund married? Nope. What is Corblund's net worth? <laughs> Not as much as he'd like it to be. <laughs> I don't know. Judging by that very organized. <clears throat> are you OCD somewhat? Your shop is immaculately uh, organized, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, it's it's pretty organized. I, it's half it's half a shop and half a music studio. Uh, yeah. yeah. So going through my phone here. Uh, that's at Strathmore the very first year I did it. Tell me closer. Who's who are you with there? I can't. Oh, that's Bob, Bob and Les. Yeah, okay. Bob Tolman and Les McIntyre. <laughs> Do you guys know who I was? Yeah, but hold on. But look at this one. How about this? How about this picture? Uh, is that your? Is this your cousin? Oh no. damn! The the gal? Yeah. No, that's not her. No, oh, who's she? she? I, I, I don't know, but but look at look at <laughs> look at Lisa in the Liesl background. in the background. <laughs> Hi y'all! Hi y'all! He's rocking. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Strathmore, Alberta. You know, Rump. What I was gonna say earlier when I when I said I was talking about when I first met you at the um, at the what they call it the shootout. The shootout. Yeah. What I forgot until now that what I what I was getting at was that was the night where Tom, I've never met Bob Tomlin before, 
and he came up to me. I was I, I had sung the anthem, and then I was just hanging out watching the Bronc Riders. And he came up to me, and he kind of goes like, gives me the the kind of the uh, the mustache wink, and goes, "Yeah, everything's better with some cows around." And I was like, "Hey, I've made it." <laughs> uh, I'm the telling mustache, you, the mustache wink. That yes. was the that was the bet that night. You know, when Bob's doing this Harry Vold tribute, and Bob Tallman doing Bob Tallman. Yeah, and the smoke is rolling, and then here is this. Harry Vold lookalike that is his son, and he's riding out, and he goes to the back end, and it goes to shit from there. But we made it work. But yeah, um, God, what a great night! I wish I'd have met you that night. That was my point. Bringing that up was that was that uh, I felt that was the night I made it in the Western community when Tallman came up and quoted my song lyrics to me. (laughs) Oh man, he will. That guy loves black. You got black cows, cows. (laughs) Um. Anyway, uh, hey, just to to wrap it up, Corb, is I mean, what do you got? To, uh, do you see? Do you have anything planned coming up? I mean, what can we expect coming from from Corb Lund here uh, soon? Pray God. I, I'm working on a, a record called Songs My Friends Wrote, and it's all it's all songs my friends wrote, like a, a bunch of my songwriter buddies. And then I'm working on a a new record as well from my own stuff. So awesome. Wood Smoke, I think. Any uh, any sneak preview we can get to to close us out? Fixing some fence. Um, I got a song. Okay, here's the. Oh, this will give you an idea. None of them are finished, but I got I got a song called. It's like about a. It's an outlaw song called. Um, it's called. Uh, They're gonna have to hang me to do me any good. And I got, I got another song called. Um, uh, that old familiar drunken feeling, which is about about uh, being in Colorado. A few years ago, when they first legalized, <laughs> and going to the and there, yeah, and we all went to a gummy bear, and it was like a nightmare. Because if you're the pot man, I'm not, I'm not a pot guy, but it was legal, so I thought, what the heck, we'd have a band experience. Me too. And, yeah, <laughs> and show high is the worst if you're the front man, and so the only thing that got me through it was this, like, like because Hamilton. They got drunker. It was like, I, 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 drunkenness I can handle. I know I know this feeling. I can handle this feeling. So that's what that song's about. And then I got one called uh, They Shouldn't Have Killed Han Solo. It's about, uh, they when, shouldn't have. No, they shouldn't have. I remember seeing Star Wars as a kid in the 70s. Like I was just barely enough to remember movies. And my dad, with my dad, and he walked out of it, and he said, that's the best Western I've seen in years. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, yeah, that's it. That's a sort of a taste of what I'll give you a chorus. Yeah, just give, just give us a little taste to uh, to give us a little tease for our fans. This will be the uh, the exit music. Thanks. This has been a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks for thank you and thank you, know, you, buddy. Here's what we have to we have to get together in real life off camera and get drunk together. I think we'll do oh, it. Please, yeah. Need Hambo to warm up until you yeah. get down here. <laughs> yeah, we'll be practicing. I want that old. Familiar drunken feeling Washing over me this evening I want to be embraced like an old friend Heart is racing, mind is reeling That old familiar drunken feeling Something I can count on to the end That old familiar 
drunken feeling washing over me this evening. I want to be embraced like an old friend. Heart is racing, mind is reeling, that old familiar drunken feeling. Something I can count on till the end. Yeah, it's awesome. Amen. That is perfect. You feel me? That is <laughs> been there. Badass. Yeah. Been there many a time. Um Corv, I, I can't I we cannot thank you enough for taking out the time and uh, and 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 being a fan of the show is is quite humbling and and we we cannot wait to get together with you live yeah. somewhere. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe God willing, uh someday soon. Let's uh, let's definitely plan on NFR Vegas uh, yeah. this year. Let's definitely plan on that. Plan mm-hmm. on coming and being on the show then. Um, but you, you never know. Maybe, maybe before that. Maybe, maybe a fiesta if I can uh, gather a few dimes up to, <laughs> to get you down here to the states. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's great. You guys are doing a really good job of of bringing the rodeo community into the twenty first century with the podcast. Yeah, that's what we like. We like just telling good stories and having good fun. And you are definitely uh, uh, one of the greatest storytellers. Um, we we uh, we are blessed to have you in uh, in our lives. So thank you for all you do. I think it, I think it's really important because you know we we all understand that the, the Western community and the Rudy community they're pretty conservative and they're and they're sort of uh, and I'm that way too. Like I, I like the past, but it's it's good to drag them into the future a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, got, I got one more visual aid for you. Please do. Please, please do. So this is from 1932. This is the this is the uh, the ro- the cowboy the the competitive the the uh, contestant picture from the Stampede in 1932. Isn't that cool? Wow! Wow! Look at that panoramic. That is so awesome. And those four little those four little tags. That's my 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 grandpa and his two brothers and my great grandpa. This is this is my great grandpa. Uh, here. Wow. You can see Chet, wow. you can see Chet Johnson on the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, they all used all the I think a lot of the shows used to do this these old pictures, but yeah, I've got some from Sydney, Iowa. I, I, cool, right? actually the same 19 1930, early 30s, 30, 32, something like that. But it's uh it's so cool. And they all had a batch of, you know, the band would be in some of them. And then, like you know, everywhere had Indians. All the rodeos used yeah. to have the Indians. In, in, in this one, if you look close, you can't see. It. There's a bunch of Blackfoot guys. And Tom Three Persons was the, he was the he was the bronc riding champ the first year they had the stampede, and he was a Blackfoot guy. Wow, I got wow. good cousins that are rodeoing still. That's awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough, brother. And and let's uh, let's do this again. Let's sure. absolutely do this again. Everybody let's get together go check and out Corblund Music. Corblund.com. Uh, check it out. He's uh, iTunes, Spotify. You, all you got to do is say Alexa, play Corblund music. That's all I do when I get home. And yep. and she she uh, playing Corblund, but it sounds more like Lond playing Corblund. You know, <laughs> she always murders names. Yeah, Alexa. way to She's go, Alexa. So stupid. But well, um, I next time I didn't get through all my questions. Next time we do this, <laughs> I want to ask you about grease paint and the and all that stuff. We'll do it. We'll do it. Hey, um, I actually um, found a payload. Yeah. So we're going to go out to that. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> All right. It'll be a All left, right. left turn, but that's cool with me. All right. Yeah. Left, complete left turn, but that is rump chat. But uh, we'll see y'all later. Corb, stick around. We'll, we'll catch up with you for a second. But yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit stop. Uh, was that you with the long hair? Sorry, we're, we're, we're back. I, I got to hit. Was that you, the hair down to like your butt? Yes, sir. Yep. My dad, my dad was thrilled. I bet he was. God, you're a legend. Your legend is just bigger than I imagined before. So anyway, but sorry, folks, uh, uh, I had to do that. I had I, I had loaded that up and I had to see that. But uh, anyway, uh, again, Corblund, you uh, thank you for being you and your songs and your stories and and uh, just bringing bringing what you bring to to music and to uh, people's lives. So we're just honored to have you part of Rump Chat, brother. Thanks. Yeah, it's an honor for me, too. Thanks. I'll awesome. See Cool. Down there someplace. When you bet, cool. man. Hell yeah. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Uh, check out Rump Chat. Again, that's Corblun.com. Uh, check out his music, iTunes, Spotify, all the places you can buy it. Um, don't steal it. Don't be a douche. Buy it. He needs another extension cord, I can see. Uh, anyway, Rump Chat, we're out. We'll see you next week. And uh, hey, adios. Hey, 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 hey,